0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It is time to get caught up with the cards. This is your Believe in St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason Kurtz. This week on the show, congrats to a couple of Cardinal All-Stars. We're going to hand out some mid-season marks and interpreting Instagram. We're going to take a look at where Jack Flaherty is in his recovery as per his social media. So first, congrats to a couple of Cardinal All-Stars since our last show. Nolan Arenado has been named the starter at third base for the National League, and Alex Reyes has been named a pitcher in the bullpen also for the National League. For Arenado, this is his sixth straight trip to the Midsummer Classic. It trails only Mike Trout, who has eight in a row, uh, and the news for Arenado comes off of his return to Coors Field, where fans there showed him a ton of love for all of his years of success in the purple pinstripes. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be hard for the fans in Colorado to see Arenado come back there as a member of the Cardinals. Same thing Matt Holiday did uh, a couple of years ago. And, you know, to add insult to injury, this year the All-Star Game is in Denver. So, again, has to be hard for fans of the Rockies to see that, uh, although probably exciting because, you know, he was a fan favorite there. They showed him a lot of love on his return, and I imagine he'll get plenty of that same love during the All-Star game itself. But this one really is a no-brainer. Uh, since Arenado came to the Cardinals, he's been, you know, all that and a bag of toasted raviolis in his first season. His uh, We're going to get to some of his hitting numbers in a bit, but defensively, I mean, at third base, which is the position in which he'll start at for the National League, his glove is a vacuum and his arm is a hose. I, the guy is just absolutely fantastic at the hot corner. He makes the routine plays blindfolded. He makes the hard plays look easy. And, you know, he makes the absurd plays seem absolutely realistic. If there is a better defensive third baseman in baseball, I've not seen him. I'm not going to say he's the best because there's other really good ones out there. But I can't, in good faith, say that there's anyone who's a whole lot better. As for our second. All-Star Game attendee for the Cardinals. Alex Reyes, this is his first nod. He's a reserve. He'll come out of the bullpen just like he does for the Cardinals. You know he has lights out stuff. You know he has designs on being a starter someday. I'm not going to lie. I get a little angsty watching him pitch. First of all, there's a little bit more adventure to some of his appearances than I'd like to see. and I get stressed out every time he takes off his hat and checks his notes. I'm not sure what's going on there. I Obviously, I know they're talking about signs and location, I prefer my closer to just a rare and fire, but you know what? He gets the job done. He's been incredibly reliable. So congratulations to Reyes. Congratulations to Arenado. It'll be great to see a couple of Cardinals representing the team and representing the National League out there in Denver. Um, You know, as a side note, the Cardinals have not made a big splash in the All-Star game since 2015 when they had six guys. Since then, they've never had more than two. So this year, right on trend with two guys going. The story of the game, though, is going to be Otani from the Angels. He was named as a starting pitcher and a designated hitter. So, truly remarkable the season that he's been able to put together, uh, especially in modern-day baseball when, you know, everything is so specialized. To see a guy who starts on the bump and goes yard with the stick is uh, really impressive, very, very fun to watch, and, you know, that's a storyline they're going to kill between now and then, you know they are. Uh, and you expect to see it. One week from tonight is the Midsummer Classic, so it'll be great to see Arenado. Hopefully Reyes gets an inning, uh, and then after that, you know, it'll be time to look ahead to the second half of the season. But before we get to the second half, it's uh, time to hand out some midseason marks, uh, if you will. School's out, but we're going to pass out some grades nonetheless for our Cardinals, and spoiler alert, this is not the kind of report card that Mom and Dad will hang on the refrigerator. It's been a messy first half of the season. We know this. There have been a lot of injuries, some inconsistencies. In many ways, the squad is underachieved. I mean, this is a team that was in first place at one point. But right now, through 86 games, 42 and 44, that's two games below 500, 76 games left to play, so a lot of baseball on the schedule still. But the Cardinals are in fourth place in the National League Central, nine games out of first. You know, they're half game back of the Cubs. And the Cubs have lost 10 in a row. So that just gives you an idea. I mean, do you hope that our team goes out and catches the leaders? Or do you hope that the squads at the top come back to the pack? Well, the Cubs are coming back to the pack, so to speak. But you still got the Reds. You still got the Brewers. The Brewers are 16 games up over 500. ESPN has the Cardinals ranked 20 out of 30 power rankings all of MLB. It's just not, it's not where you want them. So that leads us right into offensive grades and I'm sorry it's a D. Yep. I said it. It's a D. They're just not getting it done offensively. The Cardinals. Uh runs scored, they're 11th out of 15th. They're 10th in home runs hit, 11th in RBI, 13th in team batting average, OPS which again is the measure of on-base percentage and slugging, they're 13th there. I mean, I guess the one bright spot is their Second, in strikeouts, um, you know, they don't strike out a lot, I guess that means. So presumably they're hitting into a lot of groundouts and flyouts. Uh, I'm glad that they're not striking out, but, you know, if that's the happy thing that you're hanging your hat on at this point, we need more. Uh, so it's a D. I, I don't love that it's a D, but a D is fair, I think. Uh, your first half offensive MVP, no surprise, it's Nolan Arenado. We discussed he's the lone position player representing the team in the All-Star game. He's got 16 homers, 53 ribbies. Perhaps most importantly, he's played in 84 of the team's 86 games. He has 318 at-bats, which is fifth in the National League, so he's been incredibly reliable. He's an easy call as the team's offensive MVP. I'm happy that he has shown out in St. Louis. It would just be nice to see a couple of other guys joining him. Paul Goldschmidt hasn't been as good as we know he can be. Dylan Carlson, Tommy Edmond, those guys have been good, but we need more. Uh, the offense is a D. They're not scoring runs. They're not winning ball games. It's fairly straightforward. Let's go to the Hill. Pitching grades. This is a C. Not horrible. Uh, certainly not amazing. Very average. The team ERA is 4.19, which is ninth best in the NL. You know, they've allowed 75 home runs as a staff. That's third best. So, okay, they're keeping teams in the yard. Uh, But they're not striking anybody out. They only have 667 strikeouts, which is the second fewest in the National League. And this is the mark or the number that I've been hammering. 371 walks. And it's the worst in all the National League by nearly 30. You can't win baseball if you're putting guys on base and starting the merry-go-round. It's just not the key to success. You know, we talk about whip, we're not going to talk about Nene. Watch me whip, watch me Nene. Uh Walks and hits per innings pitched. Uh, they're 12th out of 15. You know, we have to say, as a caveat, their ace has been on the shelf uh, since late May, Jack Flaherty. So, that obviously hurts, but, you know, excuses are what excuses are. They're not getting it done on the hill. It's not as bad as the hitting, uh, but the pitching, you know, ain't great. So you factor in those two things, it's a reason you're in fourth place. You know, as far as your pitching MVP, I thought about giving it to Jack Flaherty. He's 8-1, and one, even though he hasn't pitched since May. That still tops on the team record-wise. I also thought about giving it to uh, Wayno, Adam Wainwright. I know Scott S. from Philly is sick of hearing about Wayno, but, you know, he's been steady Eddie for a rotation that's been absolutely decimated by injuries. He's logged over 100 innings at 39 years old, so you know right behind the league leaders who are at 114 he has 16 starts the league lead is 18 you know but his record is uh nothing to write home about a six and five era 3.49 he did not get the nod from me that went to alex reyes again the other cardinal all-star uh he has 20 saves tied for third in the national league Uh, equally as impressive that's 20 saves in 20 save opportunities no blown saves Again, it is an adventure out there on the mound with him sometimes. I'm kind of wondering what the heck's going on. It makes me a little more nervous than I would like. Uh, but he does have great stuff. And he's helped to sure up the back end of that bullpen. You know, no Jordan Hicks this year so far. Reyes has been even that much more important. He gets the nod uh, for a pitching group, for a group of pitchers that are pulling in a C for the Cardinals. You know, the last grade I'm going to give out is to the manager, Mike Schultz. I'm giving him a C-minus. Uh, Twitter is screaming for his head. Uh, Facebook wants him fired. Uh, But, you know, there have been injuries. He's tried to juggle a batting order, trying to get guys going, can't figure out where to hit Dylan Carlson. So, you know, by no stretch has it been great. He's looking for a spark. Uh, You know, I'm going to read a quote. This is from about a week or two ago. Tommy Edman, June 26, talking about what it's like when the team is scuffling. He says, quote, I don't think we've necessarily done the greatest job making a game plan for how guys are going to throw us day by day and working on things pregame that are specifically tailored to prepare ourselves for that. So basically, if you read between the lines there, the hitters aren't prepared for the opposing pitchers. And in an era of analytics and numbers and advanced metrics and stats up the yin-yang, how... Are cardinal hitters not sure about their approach? How are they not going into each day or each night's game with an idea of what they can expect from the opposing starter and what their approach ought to be? That's a failing at the highest level of management. Um, yeah, you want you want to blame the hitting coach, fine. You want to talk about the pitching coach, okay. You know, but ultimately, it's Schilt's team. It's his staff. The blame falls on him. And, you know, it's alarming. He gets a C minus. Now, right now, the Cardinals are in the middle of a series with the Giants. They won game one on Monday. But prior to this week's Giants series, 13 games. Tigers, Pirates, Diamondbacks, Rockies. Okay, those were the 13 games. They go five and eight during that 13-game sketch. They lose both to the Tigers. They drop two of three to the Pirates. They drop two of three to the Rockies. They sweep Arizona which I guess is good. Uh, You know, but this is the part of the schedule where we might have thought the team might make some hay. All those clubs are under 500, and, you know, make hay they did not, the Cardinals. They fell further back in the standings, and when we say these teams are, you know, sub-500, Arizona is 40 games below 500. Again, Cardinals won all three of those games, so again, thank goodness. Colorado, 11 games below 500. You know, you think about guys like Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, who spent the first part of their careers out in Arizona and Colorado in the NL West. I mean, as bad as things have been in St. Louis, at least they're not in the Diamondbacks or Rockies anymore. They have to be telling themselves that. But, oof, you know, that's part of a schedule where you really try to make a jump. And simultaneously, the Cubs are in the midst of a 10-game losing streak. So, for the Cardinals to go 5-8 and eight on that stretch is disappointing. Uh... But, you know, things are looking up thus far in the Giants series. They took game one. The Giants have the best record in baseball. They're 53-31. and 31. They say it's a soft 53-31 and 31 due to their schedule. But, you know, that's 20-plus games over five hundred. so I would take it. Uh, as a St. Louis Cardinal fan, that, that record looks mighty fine to me. Tonight, game two, we have Waino v. Johnny Cueto. This is a very familiar matchup for all of Cueto's years with the Reds. So we'll see how it plays out. I mean... It would be fantastic to see the Cardinals take care of the Giants. We call it like a litmus test. You know, where do you stack up against some of the best of the best? On paper, the Giants are leaps and bounds ahead of the Cardinals. So we'll see. Maybe this is the part of the season when they come to life and everything starts clicking. I don't know. Game two tonight. Ueno v. Cueto. We'll review the whole thing next week. And finally, interpreting Instagram, we're going to take a look at where Jack Flaherty is in his recovery. Now, keep in mind, he's still 8-1. The National League leaders have 10 wins, so he's right there, and he hasn't pitched since May 31st. He's now been moved to the 60-day injured list with that oblique situation. They say the move was largely clerical to make room for other guys in the roster, not as much to do with, you know, where Flaherty is in his rehab. But the bottom line is we're not going to see that guy out in the hill until August. And this week on his Instagram, you know, I'm not going to say cryptic, but he posted a series of photos with very few words, you know, and leaves it for us to interpret. You know, far be it for me to try to interpret the social media of a 25-year-old guy who hasn't been able to do what he loves to do for almost two months now. But, you know, he started with a picture of himself in a hoodie, sort of looking on at a baseball field. Then he posts a photo of the late, great Kobe Bryant, and he also posts a photo of Heath Ledger as the Joker. He writes just a few words. He writes, darkness, and then hashtag don't think. So, again, I don't know how to dig into what that means. I'm not sure what's going through Jack Flaherty's head while he tries to, you know, recover from this injury and get back out there on the hill. Um, You know, we hope to see him in August. Um... But whatever he needs to, to get through his work, I mean, guys like Kobe and the Joker, first of all, that's a lot of purple right there. But, you know, if that's where he draws his inspiration, there's there's worse places to go. I have no issue with it. I can't interpret it. But it just had me digging in to see, you know, where is Jack in his recovery? When can we expect to see him? It still looks like August. So that'll give him two months on the Hill, and hopefully he'll have a chance to pitch in some games with meaning. There's 76 games to play as of right now. The Cubbies are scuffling. You have to figure the Brewers will come back down to earth. Who knows what happens with the Reds. So all is not lost. Can't wait to see Jack back out there right now. Fans are jumping off the Cardinal ship like it's the Titanic. I'm not going there yet. I'm clinging to some hope. I'm just allowing reality to have a seat at the table because you have to do that. That's your look at Jack's Instagram. Um, A couple of posts, not too much you can make of it. I hope that his oblique is healing and that he's going to be back out there soon. And on that note, we're a wrap. We'll talk again soon, uh, next week, during the All-Star break. Until that time, though, if I've said it before, I will say it again. Hashtag Go Redbirds.